0: Welcome to Real Faith. You're listening to Faith FM, and I'm here with Beck, (laughs) uh, my co-host, so Robbie and Beck, Real Faith, super excited to share with you today about the show. Yeah. I hope that you're uh, enjoying a beautiful, lovely, sunny day out there. Uh, how are you going today, Beck?
1: Yeah, I'm good. I went for a, a wonderful walk this morning. Oh,
0: was it a weird and wonderful walk, perhaps? <laughs>
1: well, maybe, maybe it will attribute to our weird and wonderful session uh, today. You
0: have but, me, you have me pacing in my mind. <laughs> you know something <laughs> that
1: I saw on my walk? Um, there's it must be like lambing season, and so there was these beautiful little lambs, and they're like white, fresh, crisp bodies and black faces. They oh, were adorable. So cute. Uh, so cute.
0: So cute. Oh, that's good. <laughs> I'm scared that you're going to be giving us some weird and wonderful information about lambs no but no. It's, it's gonna be good whatever happens i'm super excited about <laughs> <It's> it <good. laughs> so i am feeling a little bit tired today
1: yeah why are you tired Tell i'm me
0: tired about. because yesterday i i did well you know how sometimes life gives you opportunities and yes. you have the choice of either seizing them yes. and adding that onto your your giant to do list, GM, right? or yeah, seize the carp, right? Yes. No, I mean seize the day. Seize the day.
2: Oh, man. Well, I had an I
0: opportunity to do um. With <laughs> <laughs> a carpet, right? <laughs> oh man! So I I had the opportunity to go sailing again yesterday, ah,
1: cool. and I still
0: tried to work in. Over a half day's worth of work and trying to get all my extra work in yeah. to my extra day, so I'm just yeah. feeling a little exhausted. Okay. And I got into a new routine this yeah. week, waking up at five a.m. Yes, so that's been you going have no good.
1: Idea. We must- feel like on par i want okay my goal is holidays i'm on semester break everyone my goal is to wake up at 5 a.m so oh get good into on a you. routine and i was like maybe i should ease into it like no, some start tomorrow start tomorrow at five
0: i've I made the decision I've on monday on and i started on tuesday
1: right. <laughs> see that's good i sit on air so now you've got to ask me next week that's Man, right hold that's me right. accountable everyone what if, have i not you
0: need to comment in text in if she doesn't <laughs> Well, we've got a great show lined up for you guys today. We're going to hear some great weird and wonderful facts. Mm -hmm. We're also going to be hearing from our friend Leah, how she testifies about her personal encounters that she's had with Jesus. Looking forward to that. Yeah. And also, we've got some exciting, but also some sad news. But don't panic, everyone. Beck's not leaving the air. (laughs) We are... Oh, that wouldn't be exciting, by the way. That would just be sad. Thank you. Um, That's nice. Sorry. A little bit tired here. Um, but we are on our final installment of our yes. Encountering Jesus series. Yeah.
1: That, and see, that is sad for me. Um, this is what I came into the show on, yeah. Encountering Jesus. So we're going to look forward to something something.
0: New. Different. So yeah. super exciting. So next week, drum roll. Can you hear that? We're going to be starting our mystery series. And I'm not going to tell you what it is till next week. So you're going to have to come... <laughs> And you're going to have to participate (laughs) next week. It might even be a surprise to Beck.
1: It might even be a mystery to all of us.
0: But this week, we are going to be doing our last Encounters with Jesus Bible study, and we're going to be looking at the encounter that two of Jesus' disciples had with him after his resurrection as they walked on the road to Emmaus. This is Anna Beaton. Breathe. Welcome back to Faith FM Radio. You're listening to Real Faith with Robbie and Beck. And before we get into our next segment, I just want to remind you that if you have any Bible questions or any questions about God that you would like to have answered on the show or explored on the show, you can do that by calling in at 1-800-324-843. That's 1-800-FAITH-FM. Or text in at 0491-064-669. Or you can message in on our Facebook page. So... It has come that time. Yes it is. For what a weird and wonderful world. Wish I could
1: harmonize. I could do that at the same time. Oh,
0: I'm super excited. What do you have for us today, <laughs> All right,
1: so I've got a few facts. We'll see what we get through. So we looked a little bit at the body last week. Do you remember, I know this is stretching, but do you remember what we talked about last I'm week? I'm pretty something? sure
0: last week we talked about the human eye. We
1: did, I'm very impressed.
0: I was I was a little torn, it could have been the elbow, but I, I wasn't sure. <laughs>
1: good job, good job. We talked about the human eye, and what did you just remember that with?
0: What are, uh, oh, well, oh, with my brain. You did, excellent. Oh, good. <laughs>
1: so my that next... one took
0: a little more thought, let's be honest. <laughs>
1: my next fact is about the brain so a lot of people know that the brain is made up a lot of water so it's 75 percent water wow and that means that dehydration even small amounts of dehydration really affect our ability to think and process
0: that's fascinating
1: and my next fact about the brain is that it's a myth that humans only use 10 percent of our brain we actually use all of it um so even when we're sleeping we're using more than 10 percent of our brain wow yeah
0: so here's a question. Okay. And you you may not know the answer to this, but right. how in the world did they come to that conclusion in the first place? Like
1: I feel like it's scientists in a lab with little sticky things on people's heads. That's <laughs> okay. that's my you know I All do right. I do get these facts from the internet. So um. <laughs> Oh, this one I really wanted to share. A brain freeze is really a sphenopalatine ganglia neuralgia.
0: I I prefer to say brain freeze because I can pronounce it. Do you know
1: what happens when we get a brain freeze? No. Okay. So it's when you eat or drink something really cold. And what happens is it's actually the cold going over the nerves, a bundle of nerves at the back of your throat. And that that cold is... It's like your brain trying to protect itself. So a whole lot of blood moves to the top of your brain and you basically get a whole lot of blood at one time. Wow. And you get a headache from it. So a way to combat if you get brain freeze is to drink something warmer, even just lukewarm water. So if you have a brain freeze and you drink something warmer, it takes away that pain in your brain. Oh, fascinating. I've done it. I know it works. So I wanted to give everyone that tip. I think I just wanted to give you like a life hack. Uh, (laughs) That's pretty much why I shared that one.
0: That's really interesting because... (laughs) Yeah, it seems interesting that it would be almost like a survival technique because yeah. your body's probably going, well, because, I mean, think about this. When, when, when God created life, there were no refrigerators. Mm-hmm. There probably, I mean, the, the climate was probably rather temperate before yeah. the flood. So it's probably unlikely that there was much cold around. Mm-hmm. And it would be, it just seems very sensible that as your body would get into a very cold situation, yeah. the body would think, I need to protect myself.
1: Yeah. Pump the blood to the brain. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. It's cool. Oh, super cool.
0: God's pretty so, creative, man.
1: For the second group of facts, is another part of our body. I'm going to give you one guess, and it's related to today's Bible study.
0: To today's Bible study. What? I'm what? going to guess it has to do with the wrist.
1: The wrist? Yeah. What You'll, Bible study are you doing? I don't think I prepared this one, You will find out later
0: how that ties in. <laughs> you remember that. Everybody That's who's good. listening, Everybody please remember, remember that. that when we get back to this <laughs> Bible study. It will come up. I guarantee Excellent.
1: it. Excellent. So I was talking about the Truthfully. feet. Truthfully. The feet is the next section of the book that we're looking at.
0: I think feet are amazing.
1: Yeah? Okay, why do you think they're amazing?
0: Because they're so underrated. Like, if you don't have feet, it is very difficult to do pretty much everything I enjoy doing. Yes. Like, walking, standing. Mm -hmm. I mean, without your big toe, it's difficult to even balance. Yeah. But without your feet, you wouldn't be able to skateboard, you wouldn't be able to surf, Mm -hmm. walk, hike, rock climb, climb trees, stand up. There's a lot of things that we do with our feet. Yeah, absolutely. They're very underrated.
1: So... That is true. Nearly a quarter of all the bones in our body are in our feet.
0: A quarter. 25% of all the bones our in the human foot. body are in our feet. Yep, yep, yep. Wow. So
1: this is something that I didn't know.
0: So the type of footwear we wear is probably rather important then. It is. This is not a brand plug, but yeah. just, you know, healthy <laughs> He's footwear. He's going tell us
1: now his favorite foot-
0: footwear. Or is, it, but, or is it better to be barefoot? Because well, that's think, more natural.
1: I think in some areas it's better to be barefoot. But I think our feet, if you talk to podiatrists, don't, don't you know, I'm not a podiatrist. but
0: <laughs> We should but have Brad on here. I know I, a podiatrist. I know, we should
1: call him. But actually, I think what your body needs is, is a variation in, in type. So they say don't wear the same type of shoe all the time. Try and change really? it up so that your body gets used to different things. But again, we'll check with the podiatrist. So I wanted to give a couple more facts about walking. So walking just 21 minutes a day can cut your risk of heart disease by 30%. 30% for
0: yeah. just 21 minutes of walking a day.
1: Yeah. I wanted to give a, a scary statistic that on average, so this was an American fact. So somebody who has a supersized Coke, fries, and a Big Mac, you have to walk for seven hours to burn off those calories. Ooh. I was like, that's crazy. Like, it was just a crazy amount. That's a full amount. day's walking. And this one is an awesome one that they found at the dark, uh, Duke University. They found that a 30-minute walk or jog around a track three times a week was just as effective as antidepressant medication in relieving the symptoms of major depression. Um, And I thought that was amazing. Like God's given us the ability to walk and that's something that he wants us to do. So I want to encourage you as we move into our next segment. Everybody go for a little walk.
0: This is Randy Travis, Nothing But the Blood.
3: What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus Oh, precious is that flow That makes me white as snow No other fount I know Nothing but the blood of Jesus What can wash away my sins Nothing but the blood of Jesus What can make me whole again Nothing but the blood of Jesus Oh, precious is that flow That makes me white as snow No other fount I know Nothing but the blood of Jesus as snow, no other found. I know nothing but the blood of Jesus, nothing but the blood of Jesus, nothing but the blood of Jesus.
1: everybody. Welcome back to Faith FM. We want to invite you, if you have any questions, to text in 0491 064 669, or you can call in on 1-800-324-843. Okay, so welcome back to our regular listeners. Today, we have my friend Leah, who's going to be sharing for our testify time, um, which is basically where we talk a little bit about our encounters with Jesus. So starting off, Leah, I wanted to ask um, how did you come to know Jesus? Like, what was your life
4: before before Christ? Well, so before Christ, I was a very confused person. Mm-hmm. No, look, I I was I've been on a few different journeys. Okay, so quickly, um, I grew up in a Christian home. Okay, yeah. yeah, I grew up in a Christian home, and but I left that at about of the, the age of fourteen. Mm-hmm. Um, I got I started doing things that i knew weren't right but yep. um my mum was oh, it was a single mum, mm-hmm. so i i started getting involved in things that i shouldn't have like drink, drinking and smoking and parties and drugs and raves and staying up all night abusing okay. my body yeah um and then I, I went through that for a little bit for a while mm-hmm. and that led me into a very deep hole of depression okay. and anxiety um, where, yeah, even to the point of suicidal thoughts wow. and yeah. um, being put on um, antidepressants and, yeah, which wasn't fun. Um, and then, interestingly enough, God just, like, you know, works with you where you're at. Yeah. And um, yeah. I started working at this solicitor's office and the lady who I was working with was a Christian as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had left, left my faith a long time ago. Anyway, she invites me to these meetings and this is where everything started to change for me okay and so anyway i went to these meetings and then um yeah i started getting into health because this these meetings were a little bit about health as well and so yeah i went kind of from like from a rebel person to like super into fitness so it okay. was like a total like wow like a really
1: quick transition it's pretty
4: quick or? um yeah a few years but okay. like yeah it was like from one thing to a like a big turnaround yeah it was a big turnaround yeah. so that really helped me with my depression and anxiety i'm um, changing my awesome. diet and yeah. all this sort of stuff um and so that's where I was before I met Christ I was like on this like health fitness um journey okay yeah so like I started just eating like raw food Mm -hmm. so like no cooked food yeah I was only eating like I was into like this vegan hippie community yeah and uh, I went to New York to this raw um fruit festival for for seven days I just like was with 700 people love, peace, and all, and that. And all things. Yeah. yeah, and all things. Yeah. Um, so that's where I was before I met Christ. Okay,
1: awesome. Um, so you had this big, this sort of darkness to a bit of focus on health turnaround. Yes. Um, and that's already seems to be like God's working in your life, trying to lead you towards health. Yes. But you talked about uh, mental health as well. Yes. And I know that that's sort of coming to the next part of your testimony, which is how you met Christ.
4: Yeah. Yeah, so um that led me to um go and do a water fast. Um and I went to Costa Rica to do a water fast and fasted for twenty five days on water um wow. for for healing. Okay. Uh, for, so
1: is that can you just clarify for our listeners that's twenty-five days with no food?
4: No food, just drinking water. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Yes, it was it was very intense. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I did the 25-day water fast and then I got really, really ill um, where I ended up in hospital in ICU. Wow. And in yeah, Costa Rica? In Costa Rica. Okay, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, my mom had to come over there. And anyway, this is where I had a spiritual encounter Wow. Um, where God literally delivered me from a satanic attack. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like my big wake-up call to life. It's like, hold on, there is a spiritual world. Yeah. And um, I didn't realize really what I was messing with. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and then so that led me after that deliverance by God to Mm -hmm. then find out who is this person who saved me from such a dark place, like a literal spiritual attack. Who is this person? Who's Jesus? I really should start to figure out, like, the Bible. And so I started reading the Bible for the first time when I was 25 years old. And that's how I came to know Christ, literally from doing Getting into the word.
1: (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah. So maybe if you could just tell us a little bit, um, yeah, your experience in hospital there. Um, You said that it was sort of an attack on you. Mm -hmm. There were other people I know who were there who felt the same thing as well.
4: Yeah. So I was in a a Catholic hospital and um, I was a very emaciated girl. I was 38 kilos, I think. And um, I, yeah, became what I know to be demon possession. Yeah. Um, didn't know what it was then. Mm-hmm. But the thing is the nurses and the doctors in that hospital came in with rosary beads and their holy water. Yeah. Um, they they were doing what they thought was right, doing like an exorcist almost. My mom was a black backsliding Christian and she was praying in the name of Jesus yeah. to deliver me. Mm. And I was like, like I said, I was very emancipated from fasting and I had though the strength of about six people because yeah. they couldn't hold me down. I was just, you know... Twisting and turning and screaming out things and out of control. I was yeah. like out of control. Wow. Yeah. So
1: when when you felt that God you knew that God was working in your life and he yeah. took you from that. Yes. And then you started reading the Bible. Was it just reading the Bible? We um we just have a short time here to finish up, but yeah. we might come back after the break and ask a couple more and couple more questions yes. so you started reading the bible did you do that with people or by
4: yourself no definitely i yeah didn't know what i was doing by myself i someone studied the bible with me awesome yeah. so that's something i think that i just wanted to encourage our listeners um is that you can
1: always seek out someone who has more knowledge than you thank you yes. for sharing Leah. we're going to come back to you after this next segment um and ask a couple more questions
5: Following God instead of following men, bringing glory to God was their number one plan. And they said, even if we have to face the flames, we will serve our God and stand today. Stand up, stand up. So fine. so fine, obeying God's law will make you shine. They said we purposed in our hearts to only eat the foods that God has said to Daniel Rack, Shack and Benny too Who will stand for the right Though the heavens fall Following God's word And giving their all And we say Even if we have to face the flames We will serve our God And stand today
1: A real faith. So we just um, picking up from when we were having a testimony by Leah, and we've just heard where she was in Costa Rica. It was a really intense experience for her. She was doing a water fast, um, and through that time, she actually experienced uh, possession, demonic possession. It was a really uh, satanic experience. And She had an experience where people in the hospital were praying. Her mum was praying um, and God delivered her from that. And so Leah has just shared with us how she started reading the Bible. So I wanted to ask you, Leah, what happened through that process? So you you contacted someone and then started reading the Bible?
4: Yeah, it was really um, God just kind of put people in my life, um, just, you know, his providence. Um, I came back from Australia really sick. Yeah. Um, came back from costa rica to australia really sick and yeah. then i spent most of that year this is 2014 in hospital so in and out of hospital which gave me time to then actually start searching more about okay. god yeah um, and then my mom wanted to um she was trying to find her way like trying to look after me and um praying for me and so she bumped into this person randomly in the hospital when i was in there and um they like She's like, I really need help. I need to talk to a pastor or someone. And he's like, I've got the right person for you. And then she, um, this person gave her this pastor's number. Wow. And he then was the one who came down to the hospital, prayed. And then I started doing Bible studies with him. And yeah. it led... so. A year and a half after the Costa Rica event, mm-hmm. I was baptized wow. and I fully gave my life to Christ Amen. after doing Bible studies. Yeah, it was yeah, it was an amazing experience. And um, yeah, after that, um, uh, after giving my life to Christ, um, I just became just like super involved in ministry um, in, in my church. Just mm-hmm. like everything... I wanted to do. Okay. I wanted to take I wanted to take the like Bible study in the morning. I wanted to help out like do the offering, I did the treasury, I did I yeah. was just like let me, let me do everything. Okay. And so um, you
1: seem like someone to me who's like very invested and very enthusiastic. So <laughs> even when you were like walking away from Christ, the the, yes. you know, the first part of your yes. testimony, you did that very like intense. Yes. And then you went to you went to health and you wanted to do that yes. really intense. Yes. Um and went to the water fast which was like really extreme, right? Yes. And then you've come to Christ which is awesome and then you you wanted, you wanted to do everything with that. I feel um, like
4: it's definitely like a, a a Saul to Paul. You know how Saul was like persecuting the church and then he goes converted and then he was like the full-on evangelist yeah. and apostle. I feel like I'm a very <laughs> Saul like conversion. Okay, Because yeah. I'm like that 180 like on fire anyway so that's like my life just completely changed i before like i started like suffered with depression and not knowing who i was and it's so amazing when you find out what your identity is yeah in christ yeah and then i have purpose like i could never be bored ever again there's yeah. always something to do that's awesome and um god just yeah gave me my identity and yeah. i know now why i'm here yeah um which is a really amazing question people you know yeah. often wonder Why am I here? What am I doing here? Where am I going? Yeah. These big questions that like the Bible, the Christianity has the answer for. That makes sense. Yeah. And so that's what really transformed me into someone who would never, ever get up and speak in front of people. Where God was like, no, I want you to share your testimony. I want you to share what I did. And I was like, no, Lord, I can't, I can't. I remember the first time I got asked to share what happened to me. I was sick in the stomach. I was going to throw up. Yeah. Anyway, so I got all these um, speaking appointments and, um, End up leading me into full-time ministry where I became a Bible worker. And if you don't know what that is, that means I went out door knocking and asking people if they wanted to study the Bible. Yeah. And I just never thought in my, like I would ever be doing these sorts yeah. of things.
1: That's amazing. I think um, one of the biggest takeaways that I've had is that uh, God really, He really led you. He had people always there. Mm. And the thing is that He never left you. He was with you the whole time. And then when you were ready, when you turned to Him, He put people in your life mm. straight away. Um, and I think that's such a beautiful Representation of how God is working in each of our lives. Mm. So if you could have maybe, maybe I'm putting you on the spot here, but one tip that you would give to people who are maybe seeking um, what they want to know more
4: about God, what would you, what's a tip that you would give them? I would pray. Yep. Um, I think prayer is so powerful. Mm. Pray God will answer your prayers. If you're asking, if you're seeking Him, if you're not sure where to start, where to begin, um, praying to God, He'll put the people in your life um, and yeah he's got a thousand ways of providing for us that we don't even know about he's the creator of the whole universe and yeah i just feel like praying and um just asking him god show me in the bible like open it up and he will lead you beautiful yeah
1: that's awesome thanks so much thank you Leah, for sharing your testimony um we're gonna lead on from this section now into a song by anthem lights and then everybody come back for our bible study section
6: because he lives
7: I can face tomorrow because He lives. things in orbit.
6: Runs to the weary, the worn, and the weak. And the same gentle hands
8: that hold me when I'm broken. They conquer death to bring
0: Welcome back to Real Faith F well oh, not Real Faith FM, Real Faith on Faith FM. Yeah. I'm Robbie and this is Beck, and we've now come to my favorite portion of Well, it's hard to have a favorite when you get to hear <laughs> people's live stories about how they've encountered Jesus. Yeah.
1: That's always it's an amazing
0: thing. Wasn't wasn't Leah's story powerful. Yeah,
1: she always has an amazing testimony.
0: That's right. And it related very well to the first the first episode that we did where where Jesus redeemed someone from demon possession. Oh man, isn't it good that we serve a God who is in who is capable of redeeming? us from any situation yeah so just a reminder we've uh, we've got a, a question of the day already in and i'm super excited we're just doing some research in the break but if you have a a burning question you can call in at 1-800-324-843 that's 1-800-FAITH-FM or you can text in at 0491-064-669 or message us on our facebook page so we're going to get to that question a bit later in the show but now it's come time to do our final series bible study of encounters with Jesus now yes. we're, we're obviously still gonna be encountering Jesus in yeah. other parts of scripture absolutely, and which we will that, discover today that's exactly right <laughs> so we're gonna to go to Luke chapter 24 yeah so the final chapter of the book of Luke and we're gonna read a story about two disciples who it says meet Jesus on the road while walking to a place called Emmaus yes so without any further ado the context of what's going on in this story is Jesus has been crucified on Friday. He's rested in the grave. The rest of Friday, all of Saturday, all of the Sabbath period, it's the first day of the week, Sunday. He's resurrected. The women have seen him at the gravesite. Yeah. And now, they it's been reported to the disciples, but this is before Jesus appeared to the disciples, it mm-hmm. would seem. And the report has come back from the women that Jesus has been raised from the dead. Yeah. Right? And we learned last week that Paul saw the risen Christ. But here... These two disciples that are walking, they have not yet seen Jesus risen, Mm -hmm. but they have been told by the women that this was the report. So let's come into Luke 24 and verse 13. Would you like to start reading that for us, Beck? Yeah. And just read up through verse 17 for us.
1: So the Bible reads, Now behold, two of them were traveling that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. So it was while they conversed and reasoned that Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were restrained so that they did not know him. And he said to them, What kind of conversation is this that you have with one another as you walk and are sad?
0: Awesome. So just imagine this like you've been following Jesus for who knows how long. It doesn't say which disciples these are. It's not one of the 12. No. So we don't know who they are. We don't know how long they've been following Jesus, do mm-hmm. we? However, what we do know is that when you come to the place, like just what would it feel like? Just yeah. imagine being there. Jesus has just been crucified on Friday. It's Sunday morning. You're going on about a 10K, 10, 12K walk. Yep. That's pretty, you know, that's a day's journey. Yeah. Or at least half a day's journey. Yeah. And you're on this journey walking together. What are you going to be talking about?
1: Yeah. I think um, 100% it's it's like one of those those times in your life where it's one of the hardest things you've ever had and they've they've come up to this hurdle, but they don't see past it in terms of they don't know what's happening next because Jesus to them as the Messiah was the fulfillment of everything that they were looking towards. He was coming to rescue them from the Romans. Uh, he was coming to set up God's kingdom on earth and he was their savior and now he's been crucified and it's the opposite of what they thought would happen. And now I think they're so rejected and and, um, dejected, sorry, and feeling so distressed and distraught, they would be weeping, they would be crying, they would just be sharing their worries, I think, with one another, basically walking, and it wouldn't have been um, a walk of joy, it would have been the opposite.
0: Totally, right? Because, like, I've lost people that I love, Mm. and I'm sure that, you know, we're probably both old enough to have had that experience, right? That, That there's people that we know, that we care about, that we've lost, and grieving is always hard. Yeah. Even when you know the hope that we have in Christ, it's still hard to lose someone. But this wasn't just someone. Yeah. This was their hopes, their dreams. And they it, not only have they lost the person that they looked up to, they've lost their whole hopes and dreams because they've lost faith because they they failed to recognize what Jesus had told them. Mm-hmm. And so often we do that. Yep. It's easy to lose faith and to lose track of what Jesus has said. And this is the state that they're in. Now, I think this is fascinating. Why in the world... Does Jesus not just show up in a flash of lightning like yeah. he did to Paul? Yeah. But he shows up to these two disciples mm-hmm. and he says that their eyes are restrained. Yeah.
1: So it was on purpose. That it, was, it was concealed on purpose. Now this um, is fascinating. It's really cool. I, I, I'm enjoying
0: this. Study. Oh, so good. It's so good. good. Okay. Well, let's keep <laughs> reading because it doesn't tell us just yet. Yeah. But I think that this is really important. Two things to note for the, that we're going to come back to in this study. One, think about how far they're walking. It's a seven-mile journey. Yeah,
1: it's like 11Ks. I looked it up in the
0: Australian. <laughs> so, so 11 kilometers is not not exactly a short walk. It's not super, super long. Mm-hmm. But if you're carrying your couple stuff with couple hours, you, yeah. Well, most people walk at 4K an hour on a flat track. That's yeah. my outdoor rec skills coming in. <laughs> so it's a few hours walk, but yeah. this is probably not the kind of tracks that we're used to. Yeah. So think of, and probably in sandals or barefoot, so mm-hmm. pretty rough.
1: And depressed. Yeah,
0: <laughs> that's right. So what is going to happen next? Yeah. All right, let's keep reading. Let's read from verse 18 on through. And I'll just tell you when to stop.
1: Okay. Then the one whose name was Cleopas answered and said to him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? And have you not (laughs) known the things which happened here in these days? And he said to them, What things? So they said to him, The things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people. And how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this, today is the third day since these things happened. Yes, and certain women of our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us. When they did not find his body, they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. And certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. Then he said to them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory?
0: All right, let's pause there. Let's pause it, right? Like, just, I'm sorry, you probably probably heard me laughing there. Like, how do they first say it? They're like, are you the only guy who doesn't know what's been going on in Jerusalem? Like, are you daft? Yeah. They're like, dude, do you not know? Do you not know? Have mm-hmm. you not heard that mm-hmm. this, this Jesus that we all believe to be the Messiah who yeah. had astounded everyone, who had worked miracles, who raised someone from the dead, mm-hmm. who had healed people of diseases that they yeah. had from birth, this Jesus, this Jesus that we had hoped was going to be the Savior of our sins, Savior of us from our sins, who we had hoped was going to save us from the Romans, who we thought was the fulfillment of everything that we wanted. Have you not heard that he died? And what are they trying, what are they basically implying yeah. by saying all this?
1: They're basically saying that he doesn't know um, that the, the biggest deal has happened, the biggest news out, he doesn't know about it.
0: And beyond that, right? That's totally true. You, what are you, Are you blind, bro? And also, it's very clear that they do not believe yeah. that Jesus has been raised from the dead, do they?
1: Yeah, no. And and something that I think that this also draws out to us about Jesus and about God, how he interacts with people. He always, he he's so often through scripture, we see he interacts with them by asking, where are they? How are they doing? What is going on with them? Even when he knows the answer. So he, he obviously knows all of the answers to everything, but he's always asking them, Like, what do you mean? Tell me your experience. And I love that, that with Jesus, he wants to walk with us and understand our experience from from our perception.
0: Oh, totally. And it's beautiful, isn't it? Mm. That God wants to do that with us. And then check this out. So verse 21, he says, but we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Yeah. Indeed. I mean, beyond that, like, oh, we were hoping. In other words, our hopes have been dashed. Yeah. Now, isn't it interesting that Jesus more than three times, at or sorry, I should say at least three times he had told his disciples, I am going to be crucified. I am going to be resurrected in three days. Yeah. Like he had told at least the twelve this many times. And you'd think that words like that would get around the disciples, right? Yeah. Like Jesus says, Hey, this is gonna happen. Peter's like, Whoa, 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 don't tell nobody that. What are you talking about? Yeah. This is surely this thing. This is, this is something that Jesus had told, but it was so against their preconceived ideas that they weren't ready to accept it.
1: Yeah. It's just like something, um, God is teaching us and telling us. And I don't know if you ever have this. Sometimes we call it, maybe it's like a gut feeling that people say, um, I've come to know it often as conviction and something yeah. that you're convicted about or that you feel you're kind of either ignoring, um, or you just miss somehow because you're so focused on something else. And that's, yeah, that's the picture that we see of these disciples.
0: And it's so easy to do. Yeah. It's so easy to do. And then, all right, so they go through all this and then they're like, we've been told by these people that we we clearly don't believe that Jesus has been resurrected. We're, we just don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. We're just totally out of it. And I love this. I love this, right? Like, Because Jesus, as you said, he interacts differently with different people. He meets people at different places with different words. He asks different questions. I mean, he heals people in different varieties of ways, right? One guy he heals by speaking. The next guy he heals by touching. The next guy he heals by telling him, go home. Mm -hmm. But here, how does he respond to his two disciples who clearly are dejected and do not believe? He says something just astonishing. He says, oh, foolish ones and slow of heart to believe. And all the prophets have spoken. And that's where we're going to leave it for just a moment. This is Josh Groban. You raise me up. Welcome back to Real Faith with Robbie and Beck. You're listening to Faith FM. And uh, if you guys have any burning Bible questions, you can call in. How can they do that, Beck? Yeah,
1: if you can, that would be awesome. We love answering your questions, although it's a little bit of pressure on us. It's awesome to hear what you guys are thinking. So you can call us at 1-800-324-843, or you can text us at 10491 64 or you can hit us up on the Facebook page, Faith FM Australia. So we've already had one question, but keep them coming.
0: Awesome. All right, so we're coming back in. So the last thing that Jesus said was, Oh, you foolish ones and slow of heart to believe everything that the prophets have spoken. Yeah. And then he goes on and he explains a little bit further and he says, ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And it seems to me like sometimes I like to imagine what kind of tone Jesus was using. Okay. Do you ever do that?
1: I haven't, but well, maybe.
0: <laughs> and I, I think in this instance, the exclamation, oh, foolish ones. Can you imagine being Jesus and being like, dude, I just spent like up to three and a half years with you telling you these things over and over, explaining the scriptures to you, opening these things up. And can you not see that this was exactly what I told you because he told them directly yeah. at times Yeah. and other times he explained it through metaphor and other times he was and there's so much that we don't actually know what Jesus said because obviously all the Jesus, the words that Jesus spoke in three and a half years are not contained in the small portion of scripture that is the four books of the gospels
1: yes right? absolutely like, otherwise he would have been a very um very quiet
0: person that's right or he would have spoken three times yeah. you know like,
1: <laughs> no, I've think-
0: used more words than that in you know today yeah right?
1: absolutely
0: so isn't this fascinating? He says to them, you're, you're, you're foolish. And I, I just kind of imagine he's exasperated. It's like, come on, guys. And then check this out. Mm-hmm. So Jesus does not, first of all, show up miraculously in this instance to these people to demonstrate who he is. So Jesus has not revealed himself yet.
1: Yeah, he has a, a different and a deeper purpose, which is something I found out in studying this before the show, that, yeah, through this time, he has a deeper purpose, right? A, um, like he wants them to know the truth, but it's not always what we would think the way that we want it to be revealed.
0: Mm, so check this out. Do you want to read verse 27 for us? Yeah.
1: And beginning at <laughs> Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself.
0: All right, let's take a break there. Whoa. Whoa. Hold on, okay, so here's Jesus. They don't recognize him. He calls them foolish, and he says, isn't this exactly what the prophets have been saying for thousands of years? Yeah. And then he does not show up in a bright flash of light, and he doesn't say, why are you persecuting me? He doesn't, he doesn't appear to them the way that he appeared to Saul. Yeah. He appears like this. All right. All right. Let's open up some scripture. Now, by the way, that's exactly right. Now, this is so fascinating to me because they didn't have the Bible in their hands, they had to memorize these scrolls, right?
1: It was word of mouth and also thinking about it like we didn't they didn't have the new testament what we call the new testament they didn't have any of these things so the scripture that he's talking about when he says he expounded through all scripture was the old testament it was the prophets it was the the torah it was the psalms and, and proverbs those were the things that he was going through
0: it's so good that is so good you you just dropped a truth bomb so i don't know if you got that But there was no New Testament in existence Mm -hmm. when Jesus says this. Yeah. So when it says that Jesus began with Moses, he's talking about Torah, or the first five books of the Old Testament, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Mm -hmm. And then he goes on to the prophets, the other books of the Old Testament, and that's it. Yeah. These are the scriptures that he is using to explain to them exactly what it was that he was supposed to do. Mm -hmm. And so this is so mind-blowing, because there there are many well-meaning lovely people lovely followers of Jesus who will tell you you don't need the old testament it's a, it's irrelevant we just we just read the new testament stories you just need to read the first 4 books of, of the new testament the gospels that's all you need to know
1: and that's but- obviously not true, right? Like you say, in a well-meaning way. I mean, I've had a, I had a conversation last year with someone. I remember really clearly talking about this going straight to just the gospels and awesome. They are the gospel of Jesus. But when we see that exactly what we're seeing right now, Jesus shared from the other books, from the old Testament about himself. And that's where he went to. So it's important for us, I think really to draw out that man, all of scripture is valuable so much. So that instead of just revealing himself, Jesus decided to show them in, in scripture in, in the Old Testament that it was so valuable and that's what he wanted them to know to study scripture
0: totally now we're going to I'm going to do a fast one on here Beck just put your finger in that page yeah. and we're going to turn to 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 16 and 17 okay. and while you're turning there I just, I, I just want to expand on that idea now by no means am I saying the New Testament is not valid not at all the New Testament is incredibly valid, but what I am saying is that sometimes people talk about Jesus as if as if he's, he's just like outside of the context that God gave him, mm-hmm. right? But that's not the example that Jesus gives. Jesus here identifies that something that I think is incredibly powerful, and that's that the same God of Genesis yeah. is the same God of every other book all the way through Revelation. Yeah the same character that God has, because Jesus says, I am the first and I'm the last, Mm -hmm, right? He says, I'm the same yesterday and today and forever. It tells us that in Hebrews. Jesus is the same. God the Father is the same. The Spirit is the same. God says, I do not change. So therefore, when it says that Jesus is pointing through all of the Old Testament to identify who he is as the Christ and to say, look, this was God's plan the whole time. This was not backup plan. This is explained throughout Scripture, yes. throughout Genesis through Malachi. He says this was always the plan, and he begins with, with Torah. He begins with the book of Genesis, it sounds like. And he starts to expand and expound on God's plan of salvation as it always was because God has never saved anyone by anything other than his own grace. Mm. That comes through faith, through the faithfulness of Jesus, through our trust in Jesus' faithfulness, through our surrender to Jesus' faithfulness. This is, was, and will be how salvation comes to all people. Yeah. And that was always the plan. It's not like suddenly we have a different access to salvation. No, the, 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 the people in the Old Testament died looking forward in faith to the hope of the Messiah. Yeah. Whose name they don't even know. Yeah, they didn't know any of this. And we look back in faith. They looked forward in faith to the coming of Jesus. We look back in faith to the coming that Jesus has had. And we look back in faith to the cross and we are saved by the same grace, by the same faith. It is just so astoundingly important. So so now that I've preached a sermon there, sorry. (laughs) Can you read for us 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17?
1: Yes, I can. So it says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof. For correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work.
0: All right. Pause for just a moment there. Did that say some of Scripture?
1: It said all of Scripture. That's right. It didn't say some. It didn't say this Mm -mm. part and that part. It didn't say
0: this part for this time period, that part for this time. No, 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 no. Paul is writing this. By the way, Paul writes before the Gospels are written. Yeah. Right? So Paul's writing this to Timothy. And he says all Scripture is inspired by God. In other words, it, in the literal translation, is that it's God breathe. Yeah. In other words, the the Scriptures have we have it. These are the very words of the Maker of the universe. Mm-hmm. Right. He's got things to tell us, and it gives us four words there. And I, I don't want to get too I don't want to get too geeky here, <laughs> but there are four words. He says: doctrine, reproof, correction, and instruction. Now, doctrine means teaching. Yeah. A lot of people have hangups on that word. Yeah. But it literally means teaching and in the greek the word means applied teaching right
1: so you hear it and then you do it
0: it's teaching that yeah. is in, invested into your real life yeah we often think of teaching because of our education system and with all respect to teachers there are some flaws in the system we, we we educate people in such a way that we we do what's called programmed non-response i teach you something and then don't give you an opportunity to apply it
2: mm-hmm.
0: that's useless And that's not what the Bible is for. He says that all of scripture is useful as applied teaching. Yeah. Teaching that actually has, it meets into your real life. And then he says it's also valid for reproof, which means inner conviction. Yeah. The Holy Spirit will convict us of right and wrong so that we may recognize we need a Savior. Mm -hmm. So that we may recognize that there is right, there is wrong, there are things that are harmful and that we may come to God and learn to operate the way that he calls us to operate so that yep. we can not be stuck in the trap of selfishness that we just are naturally born into. And right?
1: there's, there's some things that we don't know. Like Paul writes and he says, I wouldn't know that I was sinning in this area unless I'd read the scripture, the law on this. And I knew this. So it's like the scripture enlightens him. And I think that that's the biggest part is that that God's word is supposed to be a light to us. It's supposed to Boom. show us things that we don't know. And so, yeah, it's, it's really good.
0: So good. And then the next one is correction. Now check this out this word means suitable because something has been made straight or restored to its original purpose or condition
2: Mm -hmm.
0: so scripture is something that god uses to help restore us to the image that he made us to be in
1: yeah beautiful it's
0: it's it's a way of of helping to wash away these things it reveals these things about god it reveals the character of god yeah and the last one is instruction this is my favorite one instruction is referring to the way that you develop and mature a child And I love this because this says that scripture is not, it's not like, it's not, it's not a story of God doing lightning flashes and smashing you from the sky and saying, you need to do better. No, Mm -hmm. no, no, no. It's the story of a loving father instructing his child in the way he should go. Yeah. And when your child falls, when they're learning to walk, you don't, you don't verbally abuse them. You don't know how to walk. You're an idiot. No, no, no. You pick them up. And in fact, there are times where they don't know how to walk, so you hold their hands and you even carry them and prevent them from falling. There yeah. are times where you let them stumble so that they may learn to stand, yeah. that they may learn to look, look to you, to call on you, that you may lift them up. Yeah. And it's this loving, nurturing journey that's relational. Yeah, And that's exhibited in this passage. And so Jesus begins with Moses going through the Old Testament, expounding scripture, saying, look, this is all about me. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Yeah,
1: it's just Absolutely like... Absolutely amazing. And and even I was just thinking, as you were saying, all of these things that like in 2 Timothy chapter 3, it says how scripture works, that's how Jesus worked as well. Oh, so you're right, so like how good. he taught people sometimes. He reproved the Pharisees when he needed to. He held them and he he was like, okay, go and watch. And he gave them instruction in what to do. He did the things that we see in scripture. And it's like... It's sort of leading us to that point of what is Scripture to us today, and I think we'll get that. But yeah, totally. Um, yeah, really. Great. Totally.
0: Now we're going to do one more jump here. We're going to go to John chapter five. Yeah. John chapter five, verse thirty nine and verse forty. And th- this, I think, is this is crucial. So first of all, the point I wanted to make is is just to reiterate it in, in case it was missed. All Scripture is given by God.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: All Scripture reveals the same God who's the same yesterday and today and tomorrow. It's all Amen. revealing Jesus. Yeah. Now check this out. How does Jesus interpret the Old Testament? Do you want to read John five thirty nine through 40 for us? Jesus is here speaking to a group of, of Pharisees, religious teachers of the law, teachers of scripture. And he says this to them, and this is powerful.
1: Yeah. Jesus says, you search the scriptures for in them you think you have eternal life. And these are they which testify of me. But you are not willing to come to me that you may have life.
0: oh my goodness did you catch that that's brutal because what that does is that it's just it's just a slap in the face to to the to missing the point if you miss it too far to the left yeah it's like a slap (laughs) and you miss it too far to the right it's like a slap he's like hey look look you guys studied the scriptures Mm
2: -hmm.
0: you know them right yeah you study them you search them because you think that in them you have eternal life and then he says these are they which testify of me. In other words, he says, all of the scriptures that you're studying in the Old Testament, they're about me, Jesus. Yeah. Yep. And then he says, but the problem is, you study the scriptures and miss the point cuz here I am in the flesh mm-hmm. and you're not willing to come to me and experience the salvation that you're hoping for.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: It's so powerful because all of scripture is about Jesus. But if we make it all about learning or intellectual gymnastics, and it's all about what we know and what we can do then we're missing the point that all of scripture is to is to lead us into relationship with the God of the universe who's the maker who's the savior who is Jesus Christ
1: yeah there's no point in knowing scripture if you don't know Jesus that's right like the Pharisees knew it, right? They knew and they followed like almost to a T most of the things in there. And Jesus said, you should have done these things, but don't neglect the other things. And just with that, you, you, we should search the scriptures. It's not something that we shouldn't do because we have Jesus. He and what should we be searching the them scriptures. for? We should be searching them to find Jesus. Boom. You know? And that's
0: the point, right? Yeah. Beautiful. We should be searching the scriptures, not for any other purpose, except that we should be looking for Jesus yep. and to follow him and to be with him. Because yeah. my, by by the way if you want to follow Jesus guess what you kind of got to be where he is don't you yeah
1: absolutely you
0: can't you can't follow Jesus and then be your eyes are closed looking the other way and keep track of him because where's he gone Mm -hmm. (laughs) like you know what I mean and that's not to say that Jesus is walking away from you it's to say you want to be with him yeah that's how you follow the rabbis had a saying that it was a blessing for a disciple to, to be caked in the dirt of their rabbi. It yeah. means that you followed so closely that when he walked, the mud that flicked off his sandals got on your shirt, just like when you ride a push bike through yeah, the yeah, mud, yeah. it gets up the back of you. Yeah. That's exactly what they're talking about, that you're so closely with your leader, your Messiah, your teacher, Jesus, that the mud off his shoes is flicking up onto your face.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. This
0: is the point that Jesus is making. And so Jesus goes back to the beginning and he says, from Moses onward, he started to explain to them how the Bible was revealing Jesus and the plan of salvation that was always in place. And that's where we're going to break.
7: In my wrestling, in my doubts, in my failures, you won't walk out. In my troubled sea, oh, you are the peace in my troubled sea. My lighthouse, my lighthouse, shining in the darkness, I will follow you, oh, My lighthouse, my lighthouse, I will trust the promise, you will carry me safe to shore.
0: Welcome back to real faith on faith fm with beck and robbie uh just one final reminder if you have a question a bible question or a spiritual question that you'd like to ask you can call in at 1-800-324-843 that's 1-800-FAITH-FM or text in at 491 64 or you can message in on our facebook page so we're going to continue right along and the question is where does it go from there so it says jesus began to expound upon the scriptures Yeah. And to explain how this was always God's plan. Yeah. And they continue to walk and they continue to talk.
1: I think it's beautiful to me. It's a picture like we don't know exactly when Jesus joined them, but I don't uh, perceive that it would be a long, long time that they would be because he wants to spend time with them and he wants to do a deep Bible study. So he, they would have been sad and then he... It, they would have been audibly sad or visibly they were crying. Jesus joins them. He's concealed so that they don't know who he is. And then he starts this Bible study. And as they're walking, I just imagine maybe they're even slowing down because they want to see more and they want to see more. And their hearts are getting lighter and lighter and lighter by every step that takes. It's so cool.
0: That's awesome. All right. Do you want to read for us, Beck, from verse 28 down to the end of the story in verse 35?
1: Yes. Then they drew near to the village where they were going. And he indicated that he would have gone farther. But they constrained him saying, abide with us for it is toward evening and the day is far spent. And he went in to stay with them. Now it came to pass as he sat at the table with them that he took bread, blessed and broke it and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they knew him and he vanished from their sight. And they said to one another, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked with us on the road? And while he opened the scriptures to us, So they rose up that very hour and returned to Jerusalem, and they found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together, saying, The Lord is risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. And they told about the things that had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of bread.
0: Oh, so good. All right. So they're cruising along. They're walking. Jesus is explaining, and then they get to their destination, and Jesus acts as if he's going to keep walking on. Yeah. And they're like, Whoa, whoa, whoa. No, 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 no don't 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 leave yeah we don't even know who you are yeah right they didn't seem to ask his name they just somehow got engaged in this amazing conversation yeah and their minds are obviously being blown apart, right? Like and, just blown wide open.
1: Yeah, and they ask him to stay with them. And Isn't I that think amazing? And that's such a beautiful uh, picture. You know, there's a Bible verse where it says that Jesus stands at, at the door of our heart and he knocks. Mm. And then he knocks and, and wants to come in and eat with us. It's exactly what's happening here. He says, I want to come in to your heart. I want to eat with you. I want to be with you. Basically, eating mean, is an example of fellowship, of spending time together. That word fellowship just means uh, and basically— And of acceptance. Yeah, being together and being in community together. And Jesus wants to be in community with them. But Jesus is a gentleman and he never forces himself on anyone. He doesn't want to be there if you're not wanting him to be there. He, he doesn't push you. You know, And that's with the disciples we see here. They want him. There's something in him and in, in his sharing. They want him and they invite him in. And that's what Jesus wants for all of us. So I just, I really want to say if there's anybody listening who feels that they want Jesus in their life and they, they feel that they, they need something deeper, just invite him in. That's it. Just invite him to come into your life. Say, Lord Jesus, I want you in my life. And he will reveal himself to you.
0: That's it. That's it. How can I get more of Jesus is yeah. the question we all ought to be asking. Ourselves, yeah. And then he sits down. They eat the meal, and it says this. This is so amazing. It says that when he broke the bread, mm-hmm. that their eyes were opened, yeah. and they saw him. Now check this out. This is so cool. Have you ever you ever broken bread? Like you yes. ever taken a bread loaf and ripped it open? Yes. Right, breaking yep. bread. Yeah. Now none of, you you can't see me doing this, so <laughs> you're just gonna have to imagine with me. Imagine right now. Be, be safe if you're driving your car. You're keep them on the steering wheel, please. But. <laughs> You reach out, you grab a loaf of bread, and when you extend, you're probably wearing a jumper because it's a cold day. You extend your hands out when you break bread, and then you pass it. And when you extend your hand to pass yeah, the bread, that's cool. the sleeves of your, of your shirt or of your robe will slide up your arm and reveal your wrists. Yeah. I told you I would come back to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Reveal your wrist. Expose mm-hmm. the wrist and yeah. the palm of your hand. I see what you're doing. And it is then that they see the scars in mm. Jesus' very hands yeah. or wrists, wherever that nail was driven through. It's exposed. Yeah. Yeah. And all of a sudden, and that's what I believe. It doesn't say that it was what, yeah. that's what they saw. But yeah. I believe that's, it's obvious to me. Like when you reach out, that's what's exposed. And they take the bread and they see his hands and they know this is is the risen Christ, and they recognize him for the first time, yeah. and then he disappears. Yeah. And I love this: Jesus appeared miraculously to Saul, mm-hmm. but here he appeared first by explaining the scriptures to them because yeah. they needed to believe and understand who he was, not just supernaturally, yeah. but they needed to get it,
1: yeah. And right? I think uh, even even through Jesus, you know, um, it it says that. We need to share through our testimony and through believing in the scriptures. We need to share Jesus through our personal story, but then through the word of God and that even Jesus himself, his testimony wasn't going to be enough in this area. I believe the reason he didn't reveal himself straight away to them was they would have been so overjoyed and so excited that he was there. It would have fulfilled them and they wouldn't have wanted to search the scriptures or necessarily sat down and done a Bible study. But for Jesus, this was more important that he said, no, I want to show. That first, and then I'll reveal myself. I want to show you through scripture first.
0: Isn't that powerful? Because it just affirms that God is not doing away with what with what he has already revealed, right? Like God's not doing away with the purpose of Scripture. Yeah. He's saying, I'm the same God yesterday, today, and and tomorrow. Mm -hmm. He says this was always part of the plan. This was the method of salvation. All all of the the ceremonial laws that you you understood from Leviticus, these were all pointing forward to things that Jesus would actually fulfill. Yeah. Right? And he he's he's demonstrating this the the God that you have believed in, this God of scripture is me. Yeah. And this was always part of the plan.
1: And that's the thing in in John, the very next book of the Bible, it says in the beginning was the word and the word was God. That's it. And here we look at Jesus was the word and he became living to them and to under, and to, for them to understand it. They would have spent time with him, but Something that is really beautiful through scripture is that we don't have Jesus here right now. He's in heaven, right? He can't be in all places because he became a man. So he's now constrained to a man's body. And so we don't have him here, but we have the word of God. So we have scripture. And so through that, we can commune with god we can see what god's heart is for us and we can spend time with him and we have jesus through us through the word because it's god's word to us and when we spend time with it we're spending time with him it's beautiful
0: yeah and not only that god says well jesus says specifically he says i will send the comforter the holy spirit yeah he will dwell in you yeah and he will teach you all things which i have commanded you in other words you can you can read the scripture of God and you can invite the Holy Spirit to lead you and to teach you and God will be teaching you about God.
2: Yes. Yes. Yeah. So
0: amazing, right? Yeah. So it's just like you said before, Revelation 321, Jesus says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any one hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him. Mm-hmm. Right? Like Jesus is coming and saying, I'm knocking. Yeah. Are you gonna let me in? Yeah. And so I know that I know you're listening right now. I know you can hear my voice. And somebody hears that God is knocking on the door of your heart. He's saying, "Let me in. Let me in. Come. Get to know me. Spend time in my word. Spend time learning about me. Spend time seeking for me." And it's not just that it's not it's not that Bible study is the only thing. No, 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 no. But I want to tell you from my own personal experience that God has revealed himself in so many incredible ways through the words of scripture. Mm. And scripture, God has through scripture transformed my life in in miraculous ways. Miraculous ways and we'll we'll tell more of those in some some of our upcoming testify segments. Yeah.
1: Something I think as well from that, that I wanted to, to draw out of the lesson today is that at first they couldn't see Jesus, but he was right there with them. And I just want to encourage listeners that maybe they can't see Jesus in their scenario right now, but he is with you. And if you invite him into your life, you will see him, but you might not, sometimes you can't always see it straight away. Keep walking with him, right? Because if you keep walking, your eyes will be opened and you will see him.
0: Oh, so powerful. Keep walking with Jesus. Yeah. They could have at any point in that journey, I'd never thought of this before, they could have at any point in that journey decided to go, bro, you're off base, dude, and just walked away and, yeah. say, and refused him. Mm. But they were walking with Jesus. Yeah. They just didn't know it, and yeah. they needed to keep seeking. There's a promise that God says in Jeremiah 29, verse 13, he says, when you search for me with all your heart, I will let you find me.
1: Yeah, amen.
0: This is a promise. And so wherever you are right now, whether you've been with Jesus for a long time or this is the first time that you've heard this, God is calling to you, search for me. And when you truly search, God guarantees you will find him. You will find him. So I encourage you, get into scripture, get to a place where you can learn about Jesus. This is Keith and Kristen Getty.
8: Place their home. Across the oceans we will fly, leaving worldly gain behind to hear the savior's praise away Across the globe we will go, we will go. We are clothed with the Spirit sent out to witness that. Jesus has risen and reigns And though fearful and trembling We go remembering The gospel is mighty to say Across the streets we will go We will go, we will go To the people who have called this place their home Across the oceans we will fly Leaving Savior's praise awake across the globe We will go We will go The time has come, lift up your eyes The harvest fields are shining, shining The time has come, let us arise For heaven's judge is soon returning The time has come, lift up your eyes The harvest fields are shining, shining The time has come, let us arise For heaven's judge is soon returning the people who have called this place their home across the oceans we will fly leaving worldly gain behind to hear the saviors praise awake across the globe
0: question of the day all right it's come that time of the day welcome back to real faith with robbie and beck on faith fm yes now we've got two questions that have been called in And uh, the first question that we have is, do we have evidence? Mm -hmm. Uh, I forgot to get the name of who this was, sorry. But uh, the, the question was, basically, we know that Jesus, before he became a man, interacted with humanity. And we actually talked about that, I think that was last week. But the question that they had was... Oh, it's Felicity. Thank you, Felicity, for the question. Uh, the question was, do we have evidence of the Holy Spirit or of God the Father interacting with humanity before the incarnation of Jesus? And um, do you have Second Peter available there? 2 Peter 1, verse 19 through 20, we'll, we'll have a read-through in a moment. But there are a number of examples. So we have the Holy Spirit up- hovering upon the earth, which is not exactly interacting with humanity directly, but it starts with that in Genesis 1, 1 and 2. We also have the... Times where, for example, Samson in Judges fourteen six it says the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon Samson, yeah. and then enabled Samson to be able to do something. So that's an interaction of the Holy Spirit with humanity. And we have many other examples, but I want to specifically read this verse. So Second Peter chapter two verses nineteen through twenty one. Is that yeah. right? I think it was Chapter chap- one, chapter verses one. nineteen
1: and twenty. And so we have we this have, prophetic word? Yeah. That's the one. <laughs> chapter 1. So 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 19 and 20. And so we have 21. the prophetic word confirmed, which you do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place, until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts, knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. For prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit.
0: Bam. <laughs> that was a weird noise. Sorry. Boom. <laughs> no, so there we have it. That's the, the we obviously could explore this more, but just to answer your question Felicity, um Peter writes that all of the prophets were moved by the Holy Spirit to yeah. say what they said. Yeah, um, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, etc. So those are some examples. Um, we don't have time to explore any more further, but hopefully that gives you a little bit of a, a, an answer to your question.
1: Yeah, and if you have any further questions on that, hit us up on our Facebook page as well on Faith FM Australia, That's and you right. can shoot in a message, and we can maybe um, yeah send you out some information as well.
0: Definitely. Our second question. Oh, I, I didn't get the name for this one either. Sorry, but our second question is. In Revelation 4, verse 3, and, and there's a question about that. I think it might have
1: been John, actually. It was
0: Revelation 4, verse
1: 3. The oh, John, John. John. Oh, thank you, John. It might have been John. <laughs> That's yeah, right. He rang So
0: thank you, John, for the question. Um, the question is that in Revelation 4, verse 3, and Beck's going to read that for us here. Revelation 4, verse 3 describes God's throne and someone who's sitting upon it, and it describes the figure on God's throne looking a certain way. Would you yeah. like to read that for us?
1: And he who sat there was like a jasper and a sardius stone in appearance, and there was a rainbow around the throne in appearance like an emerald.
0: All right. So the question that John had was, why does it? Because we know Jesus is on the throne. We know God the Father is on the throne. Why is is Jesus or God the Father? I didn't read the whole context of that, but why is Jesus. the person is yeah. Jesus? Okay. So why is Jesus on the throne? Described with the appearance like two stones. Mm-hmm. Now note, uh, the stones are called in different translations, different things, but historians identify these stones as as jasper, but not modern-day jasper, but two other stones in Greek. So in the Greek, the word is iaspis. And Pliny, one of the ancient historians, described this stone as a bright, flashing light. The second stone, the sardine stone or sardius stone, Pliny actually interprets this and says that this was a stone that was known to be brilliant and red in its light. So we have two, Mm -hmm. two descriptions, brilliant and bright flashing and also brilliantly shining red. Yeah. Now there's a description of God's throne in Ezekiel Mm -hmm. chapter one, verse 26 through 28. So Ezekiel chapter one, verse 26 through 28. And it says this, it says, and above the firmament over their heads was the likeness of a throne. Ezekiel saw, In appearance like a sapphire stone on the likeness of the throne was a likeness with the appearance of a man high above it. So this sounds like a description of Jesus. In verse 27, he says also from the appearance of his waist and upward towards the face, I saw as it were the color of amber. Now what color is amber? Red, red. Yeah. With the appearance of fire all around within it. Now, what color is fire? Red, red, if it's of a certain heat, Mm -hmm. but then it's also going to be very bright and flashing too, right? So within it, and from the appearance of his waist and downward, I saw as it were the appearance of fire with brightness all around. Like the appearance of a rainbow in a cloud on a rainy day, so was the appearance of brightness all around it. This was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord." So, what we have here is a description of what Jesus looked like seated on the throne in his glorified self. Yeah. Right? So, we have this description. Now, notice it was brilliant and it was red. Mm-hmm. And when we read that in Revelation 4, verse 3, it was brilliant and it was red. red. Yeah. So, we have a description here of what the glory of the Lord looks like around the throne of Jesus and what Jesus looks like in his appearance. Yeah. What's amazing is that we see two other descriptions that are very similar to this, also describing Jesus. One of those is in Daniel, and the other one is in Revelation chapter one. Now we may run out of time here to go through both of these, so I'm gonna give you some homework there, John, to check out,
2: but (laughs) Revelation
0: chapter one, this is so cool. Revelation chapter one, and from verse 13 down to verse 18. Do you wanna like fly through that for us, Beck?
1: Yeah, sure and in the midst of the seven lampstands one like the son of man clothed with the garment down to the feet and girded about the chest with a golden band his head and hair were white like wool as white as snow and his eyes like a flame of fire His feet were like fine brass as if refined in a furnace and his voice is the sound of many waters. He had in his right hand seven stars out of his mouth when a sharp two-edged sword and his countenance was like the sun shining in its strength. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead, but he laid his right hand on me saying to me, do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am he who lives and was dead and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of Hades and death.
0: Awesome. So here we have Jesus appearing to John in a revelation on the Isle of Patmos as he's an old man exiled for his faith. Yeah. And this description matches like so incredibly similarly to the description of this figure in Daniel 10 who comes to Daniel in the Old Testament and appears to him. And it says that his body, it says, I lifted my eyes and looked and behold, a certain man was clothed in linen, which is white, whose waist was girded with gold, whose body was like barrel, his face like the appearance of lightning. But his eyes like torches of fire, his arms and feet like burnished bronze in color and the sound of his words like the voice of a multitude. And so here we see these descriptions of Jesus in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, in his glorified self up in heaven, right? Yeah. Being described. And what's amazing is this really fits in with what we've been talking about, doesn't mm-hmm. it? Jesus says all of these scriptures were talking about him. They're, they're, they're revealing who Jesus is. They're revealing God's character. They're revealing the plan of salvation. And he's the same yesterday and today. And tomorrow and isn't that just a beautiful picture yeah i wonder if some of these scriptures were scriptures that jesus were perhaps expounding upon as he was walking with the disciples on the road that to would Emmaus. be cool
1: yeah if we're reading their very scriptures yeah that's who awesome.
0: knows isn't that amazing so there we go those are the questions for the day and this is sarah groves when the saints back to Real Faith on Faith FM with Robbie and Beck. We're yeah. so glad that you could join us. We hope that we've uh, been able to lighten up your, your travel home, your yes. daily commute, and that you've gotten some blessing out of this. So just a couple quick things to wrap up. We're just so, oh, it's just so amazing. I just want to really emphasize that all of Scripture is revealing the same God who was and is and is to come, the first and the last, the Alpha, the Omega, which means A and Z in the Greek language. Yeah. It's all about Jesus. Jesus is the, the express image of the Father, the Bible tells us. This is who God is. This is what he looks like, mm. and he's revealed from beginning to end. So I want to just really encourage, encourage you. If you are in a place where you have not been reading the Bible for a long time, you have never read the Bible, or you really just need to dig a bit deeper, I just want to really encourage you to take that step, Because as you seek for the Holy Spirit and as you read scripture with the intention to look to Jesus and to respond to what he reveals to you, I guarantee you God will show up and he will show you things. He will reveal himself to you. He promises and God is a keeper of his promises. Um, Also, I'm going to do a shameless plug here. So if you would like information, you want some help with learning to study scripture or a place to start because it's not familiar to you please contact us for some resources. We can put you in touch with some people or some resources to help you do that. We have Bible study guides we can send out. There are books that we can put you in touch with. Church leaders that might be local to your area that could talk to you that might be interested in coming to study the Bible with you one-on-one. So I ask that you please take advantage of that. And if you live in the local Lake Macquarie area down near Caves Beach, I'll come study with you if you get yeah. in touch with us, and I'm going to do a shameless plug for Coast Life Adventist Church in the New South Wales, North New South Wales conference. Here, we meet every Saturday. Um, at the moment, we're still meeting on Zoom and in some small groups, but if, if we're actually studying right now, we're going through the Book of Genesis and we're looking for stories about Jesus. We spent the last three weeks on this. We're spending the next five Saturdays doing this, and if you'd like to tune in, you can hit us up on our Facebook page at facebook.com/slash. Coast Life Adventist Church NSW Coast Life Adventist Church NSW you can hit us up and you can join in you can follow us on Facebook and you can you can come here more and, if, and it's if, good. we would I love to study with you
1: I wanted to encourage people to go I go you don't have to be of a certain level um, there's a lot of different people that go so I want to encourage you um, and if not maybe look for a church a local church in your area that's right that you can hit up as well
0: plug in man plug in so we just pray that you have been blessed and we pray that you will respond to what God has shown you today because Jesus is the same yesterday and today and tomorrow. Amen. And he is willing to walk with you and to guide you into that knowledge, that personal relational knowledge of who he is. And so I invite you, invite him into your heart today. He stands at the door and he's knocking and he says, whoever comes in, whoever comes in, lets him come in. He'll come in and dine with him. Remember, Real faith is lived lived faith. faith.